Hi, I'm Michaela, a psychotherapist. Hi, I'm Savannah, not a psychotherapist. And this is our podcast, Hippie and a Realist. Real life conversations about life and happiness. Welcome back, BU Find Happy Family. Uh, we just want to give you guys a little um, tidbit before we kind of go and play our actual podcast that we recorded. Um, this episode number three was supposed to be yeah. about couplehood, and it is about couplehood. Um, we just want to give you a little insight. It's a little bit all over the place. Awesome to listen to. We think everybody's going to find something they're going to like about it. Yeah, I think we had a really fun time recording it, but it's an enormous topic. And it, um, I think our brain bubbles were bouncing yeah. like, yeah. like tennis, but it's, 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 it's all good. great it's content, but so much to circle back on. And we thank you guys for giving it a listen, stick it out if, if you can. And, um, let us know what parts of the couple's topic you'd like to hear more of, uh, reach out to us on Instagram, check out our links. And if there's something that, that you heard that you want to dive into deeper on the couple's topic, let us know. Okay. Love you. I was listening to our podcast from weeks prior and I'm like, Oh my God, in real life, I am so much snarkier. And there were things that myself listening to myself inserted that were funny listening after the fact. And I was like, how come I don't have that in the podcast? Like how come that in that, you know, kind of goofy, funny part of me isn't coming out. Like I feel like it's very serious. And so you need to make me better. I need to make you, how can I make you better? No, I've been thinking the same thing. I have like, I, my words aren't flowing. I'm trying to feel uncomfortable. I'm trying to tell, talk to somebody. No, just, I'm going to talk. I'm going to, we're going to pretend like the microphone is not here and let's just talk to each other. So I am super glad that you responded that way because it wasn't all for naught. Okay. Good. So it, it had a point and that is that we do this as couples. We blame our spouses for stuff we don't like about ourselves all the time, all the time. And I feel like that is one of the uh, unspoken couples topics. There's so many spoken couples topics that I want to touch on today, like communication and boundaries and needs versus wants and expectations. But the one that really I think is destroying relationships is when we expect our significant other to make us better or blaming them when they're not that you make be, you made me do this statement. Yep. Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? Yeah. What you do to me or what you don't do for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can. Yes. I think at the root of all of Matt and I's debates has been if there's a sense that one of us is holding the other person back from something or not letting the person be the full expression of who they are. So I think all these other couple things, like when couples come to me in counseling, it's always in three buckets. I can put them all in three buckets, but I think from a podcasting standpoint and from like a, just a global dialogue standpoint, the issue is what we, what we blame or say they're not doing. What are those three buckets? Let's go back. The three, what are the the three three buckets? Okay. Our communication needs versus expectations and boundary setting. Those are every relationship, literally every couple that sat in front of me and half my caseload is couples is that. And I do want to get into that later. I do want to kind of talk about some of the technical therapeutic interventions and like the reasoning behind why, but first I have to tell you why, why do you think, okay. Before you, t- well, here's a story. Oh, and Why do you we think- need more stories from you per the <laughs> listening audience. It's not the Michaela show. Oh, yay. Um, you, you know, I'm a little, I went into this tonight and I'm like, okay, couplehood. I am not telling Ben and Savannah stories all night long. Um, but maybe I will. I was, I was even going to say, Hey, if you're listening and every time I say, well, my husband and I, I want you to take a drink, you know, but if you're driving and doing that, it might not be good. Um, but if, if I will, for the sake of the podcast, um, and respectful, I will, um, let me just give you a little bit of my background then. Okay. Before we do just about that. Um, I've actually been married twice. 
I got married when I was really young. Um, I started dating my first husband. I was 19. Six months later, I got married just after I turned 20. And I was married for almost five years in that marriage. And it ended in <laughs> lots of bad stuff. Um, it dragged on through the mud. Um, and then through that, though, I uh, rekindled a relationship. Not, a, not even a relationship. I uh, grew up with my current husband. I've actually known him all very long time. Uh, we live in a small town and I come from a family of five and he comes from a family of six. We like kind of knew each other. I actually went kindergarten through 12th grade with my brother-in-law. Um, so meeting Ben back after all of that, got back together, crazy beginning of a relationship. Um, with a kid. With a kid. I was a single mom. Yeah, I was a single mom at the time, partially half the time. Um, and getting back together and working through our stuff. And then, um, you know, having a child when I ended up getting pregnant, um, before we were married and how that affected our relationship. Um, it was awesome. I, I'm totally not a believer of babies fix anything, but I am the exception. Um, and then we, once we had our, you know, second kid, that really was the closer for our house. And I, there's my little background on my marriage. In my story, my husband is an awesome, I don't know, for those of you guys who know Ben, if not, you'll never get to know Ben because he's all mine. Um, he's a country boy, but he's a very deep, insightful country boy. So insightful. I tell And he has a great love of music and he can really, I think, tell stories with. He's a storyteller. He is a storyteller yeah. through music. Yeah. is a great way to explain um, my husband. He's going to get so embarrassed when he hears love you babe he kind of has already been on a podcast so yeah he started this whole podcast thing he's like <laughs> he's podcasting which we shall shout out to jamie and the and sherpa sherpa you're yes. getting a shout out um they've been awesome influences on that um but that's kind of been a nice story and we've been married now um or been together for almost five years Jesus, has it been that long? Yeah, you were in the, the you were there for the beginning too. Because like, dude, I you guys was there with because we were friends. I mean, obviously, Ben and Matt are besties. They would shit if we shared that on a podcast. I'd be like, what? <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> but no, yes, we were. Um, ben was coming over and having dinner, hanging out, whatever. And he said he was dating someone new and that he wanted to respect your privacy because you had a daughter. And he was not going to say who he was dating. So I, that was kind of my first insight to your relationship. And I thought that that was super special. Yeah. He's, um, I think my, before we go, we'll just, I'll say this last thing and then we'll go into it. I think my favorite thing about him is that his like genuineness, that he is a morally uh, sound person. Oh yeah. And there's not a lot of gray area he's black or white it's white or wrong and that is probably part of your guys's struggles oh yeah because i am so gray there's a whole lot of gray a whole lot of gray um and i think though that's my favorite thing about him is that he is just this like he he and he at one a time when we got together he showed me goodness it's um, funny because sometimes <laughs> you know when you guys have been over for date nights or whatever he'll say i'll say something and he looks at me like did that just come out of your mouth? <laughs> he doesn't make any qualms about it. It's like, that's straight stupid. <laughs> like, like, I've somehow just offended Ben. I don't, yeah. I don't know how, but he that just happened. He's an Aries. Let's just, I'm going to put that out there. He's an Aries. I'm a Pisces. You do the math. We are a little bit opposite, <laughs> but you do the math on that one. Okay, so can I just tell you this? It's funny we're going into this. This whole way, and no accidents, whatever. But I, you know, we had this snow and it's 30 degrees outside and we blew through all the wood we had this weekend. So I went to get more wood and um, loaded up the wheelbarrow big because I, I don't want to make five trips to the wood pile. I want to make get your house one, dirty like overloaded. Yeah. So I go to push the damn thing and the wheel is just like the whole way to the house and I'm like you know cursing I cannot tell you how many times I have asked him could you pump up the wheelbarrow wheel like so many times this has been said in the past two months and granted he's incredibly busy and it just doesn't make his mind but 
that segues us into the handyman. <laughs> so the handy, this is going on handyman's list because I have found, we, we hired a handyman about a year ago. It was the best thing I ever did for our marriage. One handyman, just to clear the, I just want to like clear this up is like my dad. Like if my dad were to be a handyman, he would be this guy. Like he comes, he's got like knowledge of every island, Home Depot and all the little tinker things that might exist to fix something. And um, if I happen to be home when he's here, he will talk my ear off about whatever it is, like mini blinds, <laughs> whatever. He's, he is a, a, has a plethora of knowledge in handyman. Yes. He yes. wrote the handyman Bible. Yes. But and probably he's is incredible. Yeah, there probably is that. So it was one of the best things we did because I don't have to nag my husband. My husband actually loves the handyman. He'll say like, can that go on the handyman's list? <laughs> like full on handyman's amazing. PSA, change your heater filters. Oh, you, you should post that picture. Okay. Dude, that was so, disgusting. Maybe. So let's go back and recap this. So you're cursing up a storm that the tire is flat and yes. you are blaming that. It, yeah, that's kind of the but, gist But, of but it. all you can think about is not, I need to get this firewood. All you're thinking is, why didn't Matt put the air on the tire? Like, yes. Yes. Okay. And it was so effing heavy. Have you ever tried to push a wheelbarrow with a flat tire loaded full of wood? <laughs> I'm It's like a freaking I, oak. It's like dragging I'm an laughing. oak tree through the driveway. Do you, do you have an air compressor? Okay. So let's <laughs> just say I am probably one of the most capable females ever. This is probably why he will not fill the thing. Cause he knows like we have an air compressor. She knows how to pump up a fucking tire. She can make this happen, but there's always so much that's time not the day. point because what this ties into, and we'll circle back on this later is validation. I, why I'm angry about it is because my translation for the wheelbarrow not being full is I'm not being heard. I'm asking and I'm not being heard. And that's like a huge couple thing is validation. And we do this with perfect strangers. So like, if you walk in the room and I say, Hey, how was your day? And you're like, Oh, it was really crappy. This guy almost just rear ended me at the stop sign on my way here. I would not then go into a totally different dialogue about something else. Right. I wouldn't be like, Oh, blah, 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 blah about myself or whatever. I would pause acknowledge what you said, I would be like, wow, that sounds terrible. Sorry, you went through that. And then we would move on. But couples don't do that. They don't validate. They each don't other. validate. They don't give any empathy for that. But you're right. You do it to a perfect stranger. and Perfect stranger. Yeah. The grocery store person. There's, a, there's that lack of boundary, though, too. When you're in a relationship, you will say something to them that you would never say to a stranger. Yes. And people and get confused and think validation is agreeing and it's not. No, validation to me is validation is just saying I'm empathizing with you. I, or even I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, I make an acknowledgement. It, it's like you, I wouldn't waste my energy and breath without saying, you know, if I'm saying something, it's obvious I need, I'm using energy to say it. Please take the energy that I'm using and reciprocate. Do something with energy. it. Yeah. Don't just ignore it. I'm not speaking just to hear my own voice. I'm saying, hey, th that just comes into women and us bitching though. So, and, it, and we get this term of like, well, you're nagging, bitching. nagging or bitching. <laughs> I think I've had these in both my marriages. Um, God, you bitch a lot. Now you nag a lot. Um, so my shoulders, I just want to like check in are like, Ooh. Oh yeah. Because I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> I'm I'm training for a marathon. I don't drink alcohol either. I one a week will I have, have an occasional glass of wine, which is usually on podcast day. Matter of fact, I've drank more wine in the last three weeks because we've had podcasts. I didn't even finish that rose did. the first night. It was like, oh, we have rose. We're having a pot. No, it was like not getting. No, no. Except so, I had hard kombucha and it was great. Can I can I get into something that's hysterical? that I think is so important and relevant. No, before I go to that. So this is okay. Before I get to that, I want to say this. <laughs> so my husband has been blaming me for snoring for a long time. Okay. And I always say to him, it's the freaking dog. Like Dennis lays on my side of the bed and has for years and he snores terrible, but Matt will wake up and he'll be like, you were snoring all night. You snore like a man. And one night he even captured video. And were you snoring like a man? It is not 
Me. So the other night he taps me, he's all, quit snoring. I happened to be wide freaking awake because Dennis was snoring. And I'm like, it is your dog. Like it is not me snoring. The, the little tiny fights that we have over this kind of stuff, I think add the best parts to our marriage. Like I feel like in couplehood, any marriage, any relationship, I feel like it's these things that make you guys special and unique that, um, when, if you were to separate or if you were to have time apart or if something were to happen, those would be the things that you would remember and laugh about later. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, in the moment, but definitely later you would. It's like the scene in ghost and I'm aging myself by talking about the movie ghost. Tell me you've seen it because you're like 10 years younger than I am. Yeah. I've seen ghosts. I'm like, Oh, really? Turn a classic movie reruns or something late at night on TNT. Come on. You've seen ghosts. Isn't it like Patrick? Yes. Spacey? He's yes. Patrick Swayze. Okay. I yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. I think there's like a kissing scene or I, I yeah, I definitely can picture it. Okay, so there's a scene in Ghost for those of you who may be younger than me listening to this podcast, where um he is trying to convince Demi Moore that he is himself from that he's his deceased self through Whoopi Goldberg, gotcha. who is this gotcha. like, yeah. Okay, so he's passed away. He's trying to, and and what does he pull up is things that are unique to them that nobody else would know but her. And this is one of those things. Now it's not because it's on a podcast, but I could have prior to this literally gone to some, you know, psychic person if I was passed away and Matt was in the room and I would have been like, Dennis snoring. It's not me. It's and he would know right then. This woman is not making this up. This is my wife. Those are the things. Those little things that you guys fight and bicker over, or that you that you have that make your marriage unique. And I feel like those have to be celebrated. They are good moments that you you actually will miss. I think I have those sometimes with my kids too. Yes, those those moments that you think you hate until they're gone. Okay. I have to give an example in a couple couplehood, but it's a different type of relationship. Um, I have this other person I'm in a relationship with and sometimes I am like on a different track and I have other things going. And this other person comes into my life all the time and says, Hey, let's do this. And it may not be what I have going on, but they just, pull me in with what they have going. Like tonight, I wasn't going to come here. Oh, but that person I'm in this relationship with was like, no, you you know, and I, and I remember I was like, God, Michaela, like I, I'm so tired. I have all this like stress, day two of my job. I'm going out of town. I got to pack. Like that's a cute sweater, by the way. Thank you. But this person, you in this other relationship is something I do value is that you pull me like, here I am. I came. I showed up and I'm glad that I'm here. Um, so even though it's hard for me, I'm like, God, I, I didn't want to let you down either. So you touch on something interesting that I really want to kind of dive into. And it's weird because it's me we're talking about. But um, my question is, did your was your driving motivation that you felt somewhere deep down inside that you would be valued or was your driving motivation that you didn't want to let me down? Like you said, what do you think it was? I think the number one deep down knew it's going to be okay. If I come here, it's going to, it's um, only good things are going to come from giving that little extra, but right behind it in second place, barking behind those heels was, I don't want to let you down. So I wonder how many, choices we make in our relationships, especially with our spouses are because we don't want to let them down. And how many of them do we do, um, without, without any thought that that might actually help us. And or that those, we would gain, those can, that we would gain from, from it, right. That, that I, that's where you come from a place of love that I'm going to put you above myself because I do care about that person, you do care about their feelings. Um, I'm a recovering codependent. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I also feel like that is where seeds of resentment can start. 
Yeah, but like you're gonna resent me tomorrow and be like, no, gosh, no, dang no, it. No. I think um, because more times than not, um, if if it's coming from a good place and we have good. Now, if you ask me to come over and um, drink a whole bottle of vodka with you, and <laughs> um, Dude, I let's, literally let's, put a teaspoon let's in these. Cups. Eat a, let, let's just eat food and sit out and veg. And I let you down because we didn't do something healthy or productive. Um, this is, you know, something we've committed to. And so me coming here is like, we're doing something that's productive and it's beneficial to you. It's beneficial to me. Um, in many different ways, therapeutic, even. it's mm-hmm. even for us. That's the one time a week that we get to check in with each other. So, uh, as, like I said, as a recovering codependent, um, it's easy to, um, uh, put other people's feelings before my own sometimes, um, and I have a hard time saying no or because I don't want to let that other person down. Um, and in relationships, I think some people do that. Couplehood, relationships, there, there's a little bit of a fine line because a lot of things that work inside your marriage or inside your relationships also to work on just regular relationships. Not put, not finding that space where I can say no sometimes, but also don't. How do I put this? This is a part of the hot podcast that I hate because I'm like thinking but talking at the same time when I want to sound good. Um, I have to think about my own feelings. I have to think about your feelings. And sometimes it's a balancing act. Uh, don't be afraid to do it both. You know, with codependency, it's always the other person's feelings and you're, you're always in the back and you never it. Well, you can be the opposite too, that you're the only per- like your world is your bubble. So find that space between. And if you know, it's going to be ultimately beneficial or you can find a compromise in between somewhere that meets my needs, your needs, my wants, your wants, try to find that middle ground. It's kind of a productive thing to do. I think that's so much easier said than done. Cause, because I think that from a basic, like, let's just go limbic system. And I, and I talk limbic system a lot with my couples, our old reptilian brain, the flight, fight or flight, things like that. Um, human survival tells us one, we're for one, we're for me and our offspring and that's it. So when we're in relationships, we're often challenging the very basic fundamentals of our reptilian brain, our amygdala, our, basic human functioning that's kept humans alive for generations. So I, um, I love the things that come up when we have to challenge that and, and function as a couple or as a unit, because ultimately humans do have to have each other for survival. But at the end of the day, like if it were Armageddon right this minute, I'm going to fucking knock your foot out from underneath you. <laughs> yeah, but are you going to do it to your spouse? There's only your last piece of bread. Right. You're going to split it. Right. So so this is such a beautiful, like, we need to circle back on this in the end because this is a big you fundamental are. part okay. of couples. Are you Keep going. I'm just adding Okay. Can I, can I talk about modern couplehood, though, for just two seconds? <laughs> so, okay, we're watching this Netflix show. And, you know, couples in the same room and on the same couch, whatever. And there's this scene with a girl in some ridiculous Wednesday night attire, right? Like you are not really like, I'd like to meet the woman who is seriously wearing that to bed. They probably exist if they're single. But not they're married for any period of time. I gotta say, even when I was single, I wore granny panties. <laughs> Just like no, in the I, beginning, in the beginning, you like I don't even in the beginning relationship. I don't know relationship. I didn't do it. That it was like legs were shaved and arms were shaved. Like you were pulling in Amanda, bras and panties. That's funny that you mentioned Amanda. I told her that story Bro, the other day. Were, I'm like, I just have to say. Savannah told me this thing that you wear matching bra and panties all the time. Is this true? (laughs) I'm like, I need to know. In the beginning. So, and Amanda, just to insert this, is Matt's best friend. And I only acquired her as a friend through their friendship. 
So a female male friendship is very special what they have. Actually, you were one of Matt's friends too. Yeah, I was Matt's friends. It's funny, Matt had all like girlfriends, a couple good guy friends. Yeah, and Mike and we have a pretty little. But I had girl. I had all guy friends too. So that's kind of interesting. But okay, so looking hot and going to bed. But you were saying something about. In the beginning that you do do that. Oh, I wanted, I was talking about the bagels. I, used I was going to talk about bagels. I full on used to send Matt when I was living in San Diego and he'd come fly down, visit me in my apartment. I would say, you need to go get coffee or something. Like you need to leave. I'd make was, him leave my apartment so that I could go number two. I know. You'd send him for bagels. Yeah. You would send him for bagels. Yes. Oh, I think we're out of bagels. You got to go. You got to go right out. <laughs> you need to go get out. You know, Please. sometimes I wish though in a marriage that I would go back. Like <laughs> I would like a little bit of decency. Like, uh, I don't know if you got to go take, if you got to fart, maybe and like pretend like get out and hold it in for a while. <laughs> they always go out the window and then you have to open the window because it's that bad. Oh my gosh. I love you, babe. So, so, okay. It gets better though. So he's in whatever he's wearing. Who cares what the guys wear? She's wearing something ridiculous. And he's looking at me like, hmm, you know, like the pressure is on right now because I'm wearing, I don't know, a shirt I've had since 1997 freaking Miss Eldorado County pageant straight up. <laughs> okay. And um, I just going to laugh panties. about the pageant. <laughs> <laughs> I did not win, by the way. <clears throat> Should we blink? Cat was that a Kathy's push or was that all Michaela? No, that was definitely no, that was a Trisha push. Oh yeah. I had a lot of peer pressure. Sorry, Trish. So anyway, um he so then okay, it's morning time, right? It's morning. And she rolls over and she jumps on top of him and they start making out. And I'm like, I'm going to call bullshit right now because there is no flipping way in hell. We're doing a morning makeup session with like morning breath. It's not, they invented the spoon for a freaking reason. It's so that my face is this way and you're that way. And we're like back to front and there is no, no exchange of your breath. Does that shit really happen? I mean, if anything is happening in the morning, it's happening spoon style. Am I correct? I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. Okay. What? I'm going to plead the fifth. Hey, what do you guys do? I'm not being that drinker. Um, we, okay. Actually, you know what though? There's but that's a, not there's the point. Where I love him so much that even if he does have bad breath, I love you. Give me a kiss. Like What? Oh yeah. Dude. I love you. Give me a kiss. Maybe I'm I not have saying a better makeout. nose than you. I'm not saying to make out, but I will take a full on smooch. What? Mm-hmm. I mean, not like open mouth, but like I will kiss my husband in the morning. I don't care. He's he okay. Well, this show was open mouth. I'm just gonna like clear it up. Yeah, there's this no, was full no, on. There's no open action. mouth. No, there's no. So what does that say for modern couples, right? What does that say? Like this is the stuff we're watching on TV. They didn't have this back in the 40s and 50s. They slept in separate beds. That is brilliant, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I guess at some point you, I don't know. I They still had kids. Obviously, it worked out. Or the cuddling. My body hurts too much to cuddle. Really? Do, yeah, like if we touch too much, it's like lay together and hug. It's nicer. I'm going to sleep. Bye, bye, high five. Get on my side. Get on your side. And we, we yeah. we're, and then you're doing your thing. I'm we're sleeping. Doing, we're in the bed to sleep. If we want to cuddle, that's on the couch or that's other. Because we're both, I mean, by the end of the day, we're just... So my grandparents, who I visited last weekend, actually live in separate rooms, but they didn't always, but they do now. And I think it's because of like you're describing, like they're older and it's just easier. But I do think that there is something to that. Like, I think a lot of people do that. Actually, my mom and I this morning were talking about it. Now, mind you, my stepdad just had knee surgery. Oh, okay. And so, um, but my mom finally said, why, why would I have an after an uninterrupted an interrupted night of sleep when I don't have to, I still love my husband. Things aren't going to same, you know, and then I'm not going to go into probably, I mean, I'm assuming they're still having their intimate time. And sometimes I think your intimate time changes as your adult. It's like, I don't have to be having sex all the time to being intimate with my husband. It changes. Um, you know, we, we have kids, um, and young kids too. Young kids too, which add an disruption because there's always usually one in the bed. But having that, oh, we're going to talk about sex. Oh God, that's well, we don't really have to. I feel like or we, we can skip it. 
just let's just touch on it. Just, just touch it. Just touch it. <laughs> I'm That's sorry. what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> I just think you know because you couplehood is not just the tip. Just, I did not say that. And then I had a kid. Uh, I'm sure some of you have played that game before, and and all it takes one time. We all know that. But the, it does change. So sex just, just does change over your relationship because you go through different phases. Yes. Just like. Yeah, absolutely. You may fight about something and it's a really common um, reoccurring argument that you kind of worked past and you go through, you cycle through your relationship. I think your sex life does the same thing. Yes. It, yeah, it cycles definitely. through where you have times where you're more intimate or you mm-hmm. find places where you just have this thing that, hey, that was kind of a thing. Or you look back and say, hey, remember when we used to do that all the time? We were totally into it. And it's like, if you eat too many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you kind of take a break from them. Doesn't mean you don't love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because when you go back later and you're got the peanut butter and jelly sandwich is the style of intimacy, right? Not the husband. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just clearing it up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We like peanut butter sandwiches. We eat too many of them. You don't like you come back and then now they're the, they're the sandwich of the month. You know, that's what you're into is peanut BB and J. I remember, I, this is just funny that you say that because I remember this time that you came over, we were building the deck and I made peanut butter only without the jelly. And you're like, oh, that's really good. I forgot how good sometimes that just is. And then we were on a fishing trip or something like a month later and you brought out peanut butter sandwiches and Ben's like, where's the jelly? <laughs> and I was like, oops, I think that might've been my fault. <laughs> yeah. Or, oh, that's, let's go talk about, could you talk about food? In couplehood? Yes. Because oh we're, my God. we're individuals. Let's we're different people. Um, I, I think if you are in a relationship and if you've ever not had an argument about what you're going to eat, then you're probably not in an actual relationship. A disagreement. What's the old classic, what do you want to eat? Well, Matt and I don't even fight over what do you want to eat. It's that I'll make a dinner that I like and then he comes home and cooking is therapeutic for him. Like he wanted to be a chef. He blows up the kitchen like no other, making a full-on second dinner. And I'm like, no, we. I've already done this tonight. I've already done this and done the dishes, and I'm ready to unwind and relax. And I do not know how this man blows up a kitchen like that. Like, there's not even flour in the freaking recipe he made, and it is everywhere. See, ours is more of, um, what do you want to eat? And I'm, you know, we'll throw a couple things out there. You know, throw a couple things out there. And then, well, I want this, but I don't want this, but... it's like, and then next thing we know, it's an hour later and we're, uh, blood sugars is going down and getting hangry hangry, and you're still not coming up with a thing. And it's like, um, actually what I want might be different from what you want to eat. Um, so eat what you want to eat. Yeah. You know, we come from this traditional, like what's my mom's cooking and and we're sitting down and and, and mama's cooking what daddy, what daddy wants and daddy's eating first kind of thing. Yeah. We kind of go away from that and how we, um, still have that is we switch who cooks, you know, if mm-hmm. it's his night, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, the, the best part is, and he, Ben just recently did it is took my style of cooking on his night and he like made it how I liked it. And I was like, it was a, um, I felt really good, you know, because yeah. he knows I'm not like a heavy cheese, sour cream. I like my more California. Who are you? I feel like I know you until the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm Give not... me all the sour cream. Oh no, that's Ben. Ben wants, I am. I'm literally like... and a chip <laughs> and I'm more. And so when he makes that and goes out of his way to do it, my style is really nice, but it's okay to, we don't have to eat the same thing. Uh, I'm not my saying- thing is I feel pressure cooking. We used to, we used to, when we try to cook together, it was like world war three. Like we could not dance in the kitchen at all. When we first matter of fact, Matt's brother would probably tell you hysterical stories. Cause he used to like crash at our place a lot. He was in college, whatever. And the fights we would get into in the kitchen were insane. But the pressure that I feel to cook with someone who cooks so gourmet, I mean, you've eaten Matt's food, right? It's oh my, the Johnson seared pork belly on scallop. <laughs> it's, both of them. Matt is a phenomenal. Get Tuck. Hi Tuck. Come in here. What's your favorite thing to cook? Um, um, okay. <laughs> what's your dad's favorite thing? What's your favorite thing that your dad cooks? Sweet I was going to say Swedish pancakes. pancakes. I have 
and pozole. Patty yep. makes killer pozole and chocolate souffle. Uh, but that's, I wish that's, that's the point, can't though. Is he, he doesn't just, like, I'm like, throw together a salad, let's put together a soup, whatever. He's Gordon Ramsay. That's what's happening. So the pressure is pretty immense um, in the kitchen. But this is also couples talks, right? I mean, these are all things. So everything we've touched on so far is um, expectations to have a relationship like what we see on TV. It's um, putting ourselves aside sometimes or finding that balance of not being codependent, but also uh, making our spouse happy or putting them first on occasion. It's the conversation of um, feeling the pressure to be or do something from someone else because you don't want to let them down, which kind of circles back on what we talked about earlier. Um, and just the nature of validation and um, being heard and things like that. So there's been there's been quite a few of the couple's topics that I feel like we've touched on. Um, but I wanted to talk about fight or flight the, for a second. That is the automatic cashier. Holy <laughs> cow. I, pardon my language. Wow. Money in the jar. She has an automatic cat dispenser and I'm like going about to hit the deck. And it's just cat food coming out of a machine. It, it, you know what? It did sound pretty crazy. And I'm sorry for any PTSD you might have experienced. Skill, it's just cat food that makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, fight or flight. Ironic I'm that not we it. were talking about that when that happened. Um, you know exactly what it is, right? So, it is the human body's emergency response system, incredibly amazing, happens in nanoseconds. Um, appetite suppressed, menstruation is stopped, uh, pupils dilate, adrenaline pumps to the muscles, all these things that happen in a nanosecond for human survival. The thing is, in our modern world, notwithstanding somebody who's been in the military, um, it is very rare that we have a true fight or flight scenario. Car accident, whatever, things like that. Fire, Traumatic, forest fire, yeah, fires might um, be an example of when you would... Natural catastrophe. Yeah, when you would really need fight or flight to kick in. Um, so what happens when these events occur is we store and process all sorts of data in, in just quick, quick little file folders. So um, my husband came home. He had this look. He sounded like this. And when those things happened, this is what happened next. We fought, we this, we that, etc. Brain stores all of that data for the purpose of human survival. At the root of the onion. I like to say like if we were to peel back all the layers of the event and get to the core, it's usually a fear of something, abandonment, violation, whatever it might be. So fast forward to three weeks from now, husband comes home with the same look, the same tone, whatever. Immediately you put your guard up and you're in defense mode because exactly. you're in your fight or flight survival. Yes. So people will often say it's, we fight over the stupidest stuff. It's him not taking out the trash or it's that when I got home, she said this, or she looked like that. And my answer to couples is always, you are absolutely correct. Congratulations. This is step one of recognizing your triggers. So the, the trick is to recognize when you are triggered and then people say, and then we blow up. And it just gets crazy from there. And I say, absolutely. If there were a fire coming through this room right now, you and I would not be sitting here casually having a conversation. Jumping out. You're getting we're out. We're moving. We're done. We're irrational mind, total survival, not thinking clearly. And so stop trying to have conversations when you're in that space of utter fight or flight. So what we need to do in that moment. Recognize when you're in that moment. Yes. And I like to, I like to have a code word. So Matt and I's code word is goldfish. So if you ever hear us at a party and one of us says goldfish, it's, I don't like this conversation. I don't like where this is going. I'm getting super fired up and we're going to stop right now. It doesn't mean I got the last word. You didn't. It doesn't mean we're not going to circle back and finish this dialogue when we're both calm. It just means 
I know that I'm going into human survival mode and nothing good is going to come of anything right now. So I think having a code word is critical for all couples. It's kind of like having that special inner thing, like the dog snoring between you. It's like your special thing. Not to be overused and not to be used as um, a, a weapon. It's to be used as a tool, a safety tool, a safety tool. The other thing is um, some couples, so it's fight, flight, or freeze. Those are the three things that the the human body does. And so if you're a flyer, you're the person who's running out the door, slamming the door, jumping in the car and going who knows where. You're driving. You're out. Anywhere but here, man. I'm out. So that also can trigger the other person. Fears of abandonment, whatever, neglect, whatever. So there has to be some rules there too. And the rules go like this. Um, I'm super triggered right now and I need to take a walk or I need to leave. It doesn't mean I'm not coming back. Matter of fact, I'm just going to go to the mailbox. I will be back in five minutes. Please do not follow me. Because the other person usually results in chase, right? Human nature. Oh my gosh, I've screwed up. I'm going to go save this situation. Yeah. Which does not help anything. I think sometimes too, though, once you get to that point, though, if you can recognize it before you have to, um, I'm a believer of don't ever leave the situation because things can always, like, so if you're driving angry, whatever. Yeah, I think so. But if you recognize it, boom. These classic do not engage signs and they illuminate up in my brain like Las Vegas. Do not engage. Do not engage. It's like um, trying to argue with a wall. Eventually, it's going to be, you know, you get to that and you go, oh, my gosh, I'm here. I can feel my blood pressure. My my breath is starting to go away and you go, I'm going to use this lot. It's a bit of energy to throw that out. You go, I just you take that, you stop, you exhale, and you're going, I'm going to stop engaging. Um, if you smother a fire, it's going to go out. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not go out immediately because it smolders for a little bit. But if you if you find yourself, because you can't tell somebody, you need to stop. You need to <laughs> right. no longer engage. Right. But if you take that responsibility for yourself and you say, oh, my God, we are fighting about the dishwasher. You know, and here we are talking about how I don't but like. But you're so not fighting about the dishwasher. That's the thing that couples don't realize. They're no. fighting about whatever's in the root, within the core of the onion, whatever it was that piled on in the file folders that said, I'm not being heard, validated, so, whatever. So disengage, listen, yes. the Las Vegas disengage and and separate yourself. Maybe it is going to the room. Even if they, they follow you, don't respond. Nobody's going to keep yelling at somebody that's not responding. Or you just say, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I love, I love what you said too about, um, you need to stop. So a lot of times I'll have, uh, clients that come to me, individuals and they say, my spouse needs to blank or I need my spouse to blank. And, um, I always say, okay, great. Then go ahead and send your spouse in for counseling because you're not ready to do your work. And it, I think that's I think that's part of the core problem is that we have this idea that our spouse is somehow responsible for our happiness <laughs> just by being our spouse. And <sighs> we got to make ourselves right first, right? Yeah. We have to we have to have an identity. We have to, and you know, really this this could have a whole part too. Like we're scraping the surface. I feel like we're not even touching on all the therapeutic components because it's such a big conversation. Um, but we have to make ourselves good with ourselves first and everything from there falls into place. The idea that, um, we're going to change our spouse. Nah, no, the only thing, you, the only thing you can do and control is yourself. Um, couplehood is awesome. Um, I think it takes that survival. It takes two people. Ultimately we want to spend our life if it's, you know, a couplehood, I'm not, I'm not just talking how to sexual relationships. I'm talking whoever you choose to be your couplehood and your partner, a person that you choose for the rest of your life, one-on-one, if that's what you choose. Um, they're not ultimately going to be laying in your grave. Right. And I say this all the time. I think I've even said it before, maybe on both our podcasts. I feel like you don't. Yeah. Because I, I, I just, morbid. I practice. I'm morbid. <laughs> but my name is going on the tombstone. On the tombstone. And Are although, you done with this vodka? I'm just curious. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. 
his his last name may be also on that tombstone because that was the partnership that we shared through that journey. But ultimately, it is my journey. So going into couplehood and going into relationship, you have to be the center of your relationship. Um, which you, I, I literally just sent out a newsletter yesterday about friendship. I don't know if you read it, but a friend sent me this letter about that, that kids grow up, they go away, spouses pass away. You've got to have friends. You've got to be okay with you. And it's such an important part. And if we aren't okay with ourselves first, we're never going to be productive in any relationship that we have. Yeah. I'm wholeheartedly believer of that. So, um, so the other thing that I think is really good, and this kind of ties into the wheelbarrow is, um, you know, making little snide remarks, like m- m- what I wanted to do was walk in the house and be like, God, it sure would be a lot easier to get the wood if you would fill up the tire, right? Like this snarky and just not really not productive, not productive. And it's not so, going to do anything, but light a little fire. And it's just going to take him off really. So what, so what you have to do is work on expressing your need. You have to know what your needs are. Know your the difference between a need and a want. And be being married to a psychotherapist, Matt's really good at this. So sometimes if I get snarky about something, he'll say, um, do you have a need? <laughs> Straight up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I actually do. And um, so I think it's important that we know what our needs are and they're different than our wants. And that could tie into some sexual conversation, but we'll let that go. Oh, she went there with that, <laughs> I did it. Um, but then, you know, we express that need in a way that's um, speaking our truth with grace and isn't defensive and rude. And I know um, we could have an entire podcast on I feel statements, but the truth is you can't argue how I feel. So I could say, you know, you're doing this or that. And you can argue that you're immediately going to argue that you're going to put up your wall. You're going to get defensive with me. But if I say, I feel unheard, you can't say, nah, yeah. you could, but that'd be ridiculous. And I'd say, it's okay, just, be productive. Right. So if, if you start using your, I feel statements to express your need, you're going to be effective. You're going to say, you know, I feel Like I'm not being heard with this wheelbarrow situation. And what that is causing for me is a lot of extra work and I'm tired. I think it's important that we don't apologize. So we don't say, I'm sorry that this didn't happen or I'm sorry that that happened. It's okay to say, I'm sorry for my part in something. That's a different kind of apology. But we work on saying, thank you for your patience or thank you for understanding or thank you for hearing me. And, um, He's here. Oh. So Michaela's husband, my husband, has joined the room, and we're going to take a few minutes of his time, and he's been entertaining the kids, to get some guy perspective on the couple talk. That feels good. I, I hear couples often say, especially men, that they don't feel appreciated. Do you think that's a common thing for guys? 21st century chicks, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I <laughs> yeah. feel like this is it's a big weird thing. world. It's like uh, everybody wants everything. Guys still want to feel like they're providers and this and that, but girls want to have a freaking career and be Johnny freaking housewife or whatever. <laughs> and it's like we've said society sets most of the expectations and we kind of live by what we deem society thinks is acceptable for us. And so, therefore, and men like you get feel in that. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not speaking for myself. I'm just I could get it because I don't really, I don't, I I know where I felt like I could feel that way, but I've always just just life. Fuck it, it's such a stupid thing, you know. It's like, quit stressing all this right. shit and just let it free. Yeah. Sometimes we do gotta just let it roll. Quit thinking about it. Don't try so hard. Don't don't fall into this. Just yeah. let it roll. I think it's important as a couple to have time. Right when you connect on a deeper level though, that's not just the day to day. How was your day? How was your work? How was your this? How was your that? Like sometimes we'll sit in the hot tub and just the nature of being in the hot tub, like the stars or whatever, will spark conversation about the universe or whatever. And I feel like that's the kind of stuff that is the glue. This is some good stuff. Now 
<laughs> it's the truth. But can I can I say I, how many times have I asked for the wheel of the wheelbarrow to be filled up? Filled up all the time. You're not filling it up. <laughs> yeah, a lot sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that maybe you just need a new wheelbarrow? No, I think that we've found each other's boundaries and I know what I can we both know what we can how we we know what we can not get away with, but we know what we can you <laughs> I told know. you. He knows I'm capable of filling up the tire. Yeah, she's trying to get this exercise all the time and complain <laughs> about this and it's like fill up the fucking wheelbarrow and get a little workout if you want to do that. Either that or don't complain about your push ups. <laughs> you know? and I know that she'll do it and I know that I don't serve much repercussion except for having to talk in some podcasts <laughs> oh so. that's what I wanted to say okay so I just want to say this while he's in the room he's been incredibly supportive of the book writing and the podcasting and we've not always had the easiest time with anything that's not a private life because he's so private and I, I want to ask why you've been so supportive. You can't change it because I, I, it's not a big deal no matter what. I mean, if it makes you happy, then I want to be supportive. I mean, if it pisses you off, then I won't. I don't know. Not my gig, but fuck, you gotta, you gotta take some to get some. It's a cup cut thing, I guess. Back to balance, give and take. Uh, thank you for coming. I know you were really apprehensive. This means a lot to us. You are our first guest. On, wow. uh, I forbid it to be on the internet anyway. So yeah. By ruining yeah. it every two seconds. No, no, you yeah, did not so. ruin it. You offered a great perspective, but I really do um, want to have more men on. Yeah, especially. I, I, I mean, we talked about gun rights, and maybe having Matt talk about Matt and Ben, but not just Matt. gun rights for dudes. Um, we want to open up our listeners. I know we've been a lot of female-based stuff. Um. He, yeah, primarily because we're two women, but that's what we know. But I'd like to, you know, also get some guys' perspective off of this show. What do you think? Um, well, hear your opinions. You want to come on our show, be a guest? You want to come sit in? Yeah. And I don't feel like people have to have an expertise to be able to share knowledge. Or you have a story that you think is something that you'd really share that would tie into something. Mm-hmm. Hey, send it to us. Um, this podcast, Being Couples, has really been, I think, it's a tough one to tackle for a third podcast. It's just, there's so much there. It's so all over the place in the sense of the different ways that you can kind of go about talking yeah. about couplehood. So I'm thankful that our, um, that we were able to get in a lot in an hour or so, but I feel like it's a little jumbly. It is a jumbly, but we thank you. And we want you guys to have a wonderful day. Um, Oh wait, we didn't touch on the validation though. I mean, we did a little bit, but I just want to say that really quick. Validate. Take a deep breath and validate the other person. I hear you. Doesn't mean I agree. Just I hear you. Awesome. Okay. I feel like we need a big explosion for an ending. Boom. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. (laughs) For more inspiration, check out our links. Whoa, is that? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.